the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Advent is recorded in Malachi chapter 4. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. And may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. 
but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
the Spirit and the Church cry out. All those who await his appearance pray. The whole creation pleads. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. So says Jesus in the gospel for the second Sunday in Advent. Over the course of my lifetime, I remember the upheaval on college campuses during the Vietnam War in the 1960s. I remember the high inflation and gas lines in the 1970s. I remember double-digit interest rates in the 1980s. I don't remember World War I, the war that would end all wars, or World War II, and the near conquest and subjugation of the world by fascism. I wasn't born yet. But some of you remember some of those things. History is a good teacher. We need to pay attention to history, not because we look at history and say, you know, it was really bad at one time, and then it got better. So just hang in there, and things will get better. That's not the lesson we are to learn. Rather, we are to learn the lesson of human failure and futility and rebellion against God. Rather, we are to learn the lesson of how much we and the world around us that is terrorized by fear and expectation of the things that are coming upon the earth, how much the world and we need Christ our Savior. I remember hearing during the 1970s that a new ice age would soon descend upon the world if something were not done to prevent it. Oh, maybe we did too much. Now the world is going to burn up because of global climate change. I remember my older brother coming home from college and telling me that they would the world would soon be overwhelmed by overpopulation and tens of millions of people would die by the year 2000. Many of those who led civil unrest in the 1960s or who made such doomsday prognostications on college campuses and in the classrooms by the so-called experts and scholars in the 1970s are also among those who pushed for the legalization of abortion. Amen. 
resulting in over 60 million babies being murdered since Roe v. Wade. Forgive me if I am skeptical about the experts, especially if they have a worldview that is atheistic, a worldview that rejects God, and if they are governed by secular humanism, which has an infl inflated opinion of mankind, and which further believes that man is getting better and can solve all of the world's problems. How has that worked out for humanity since the dawn of civilization? Not so good. One thing is certain. Man is not good, no matter how much he might believe that he is. And we have a message for the world around us, a message of hope and comfort that is not centered in who wins elections or which president sits in the White House, or the economic condition of the world around us. We have a message of hope and salvation that transcends the problems of this world, and the only message, the message of the gospel, that can give hope and comfort and encouragement in the one thing needful, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has borne the sin of the world to the tree of the cross on our behalf. Over the past 20 months, the words of today's gospel certainly describe the times in which we have been living. Men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Fear is a powerful thing. We've witnessed fear in our own country, across the globe, and we have witnessed fear coming into the church but it is not the nature of faith in Christ to be afraid. It doesn't mean we do not mourn over the decay and disintegration of our society and culture. But faith in Christ places its confidence in God's word and in the ultimate optimism that the present sufferings of this life for us are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And for us who live under this veil of tears with others who are so sore afraid that we have a hope and a comfort to offer them. Faith in Christ expects the world to pass away. Faith in Christ looks at the signs of the times that caused the world to despair, and faith looks up because our redemption draws near in the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ where we will rise from the dead. And the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, a kingdom that does not fade away. Jesus could not be more accurate in his description of the times in which we live. What is also interesting about the words of Jesus in the gospel for today is that they were spoken by him during Holy Week after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and just a couple of days before he was crucified on the cross. 
the signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. After Jesus spoke those words, the disciples would soon experience the very shaking of the cosmos in the darkness that covered the earth from the sixth to the ninth hour, in the earthquake when Jesus gave up his spirit, and in the bodies of the saints coming out of the graves and walking into Jerusalem. Fear and expectation of the things coming upon the earth, signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on earth perplexity of nations. What if the climate is radically changing? What if the very species that God created become extinct? Because of God's cursing of the creation on account of man's sin. What if it doesn't snow as much in Wisconsin in 2021 as it did 100 years ago? Is this not evidence of what the scriptures teach about how God cursed the creation on account of man's sin to show us just how much we need Christ and what happens to the world that turns away from the word of God, which is the fountain and source of life? What if the Russian buildup of troops on the Ukrainian border and the threats of China to gobble up Taiwan are yet preludes to more distress of nations with perplexity? I don't know what will happen tomorrow or what will happen next year or how long I have yet to live in this world. But I do know this that Jesus is the Son of the living God, our Savior, and his word is truth and the source of comfort and joy, not for us only, but for a world that is perishing in fear and dread. Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Those words ought to inspire in us, in this veil of tears and amidst of the distress of nations, a yearning for the return of our Lord. It's captured in those Advent prayers, come, Lord Jesus. Jesus has called his church in every age to live as if he could return at any moment so that we are not only always ready when he does, but also so that in every moment of the church's existence, we shine like a bright light in this world of darkness to give hope to the hopeless and comfort to those in despair. This is how we are to interpret the distress of nations and the shaking of the powers of the heavens. All of these things are what Jesus calls the beginning of birth pangs. And you know what birth pangs end in? the birth of new life and joy. These things are to teach us not to be too attached to the things of this world. It's one of the great salutary benefits of having things that we think are stable in this world be shaken around us. It exposes our idolatry that we might repent 
that we not, may not place our faith in these things. Yes, they are all a call to repentance, which is very simply a call away from reliance upon ourselves and our own wisdom and the wisdom of this world to reliance upon Christ. Every age since Pentecost has experienced this distress of nations. There have been times that it's been far worse than it is today. And in every age, the Church of Christ calls us and the world to place our hope in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Men's hearts are failing them for fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heaven will be shaken. But the church does not fear. Instead, we live in hopefulness and joy. Because the Lord's word in Jesus is absolutely sure. There is the promise of the resurrection and everlasting life in Christ. When Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away, that is a promise. When he says, this generation will not pass away, he promises that the church will endure until he comes again in glory. The more you and I see the shaking of our world around us, the distress of nations, famine, and yes, pestilence, the distress of nations, the more we are to look up, for our redemption draws near. Looking up for Christ's return means that we immerse ourselves in the study of God's word, in the vigilance of prayer, in the worship of Christ, and in the singing of hymns. And we do this more than we pay attention to the bombardment of anti-Christian rhetoric from the contemporary pop culture or the nightly news. Turn it off. And like newborn babes, hunger and thirst for the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby in hope and confidence and joy. To you who fear my name, Malachi wrote today, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves, who still nonetheless leap for joy and in the vigor of life. And as St. Paul said in the epistle for this week, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And that's what the scriptures always give as they call us away from self-reliance to reliance upon Christ. The byproduct is hope and joy under the cross and the peace of God which surpasses understanding. The Lord's word is our comfort in the latter days. He encourages us not to place our faith in the kingdoms of this world or in property or wealth or honor that will pass away, but in his word which will never pass away. The sign of the budding fig tree in the gospel for today is the sign not that the darkness of winter is near, but rather the new life of spring and summer 
a sign of the resurrection from the dead to eternal day where there will be no night. Now may the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us confess the faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Eternal God, your word has been sent forth into all the world to the joy and edification of your holy people. Grant your guidance and blessing upon the calling of an associate pastor and headmaster for our congregation. And even as we give thanks to you for the re-elected Archbishop Christian Ekong in the Lutheran Church of Nigeria, we pray for faithfulness in the true gospel. Encourage, comfort, and strengthen all who hear the word. Grant faith to those who do not know you, both here and abroad, that all peoples may sing to your name and extol your goodness. By the power of the Holy Spirit, fill all who hear the word with all joy and peace in believing. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you reveal to us that this world is distressed by the curse of sin and vulnerable to trouble and disaster. Yet you have given your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Guard our hearts against fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. And instead, strengthen our faith that Christ is coming again in glory. We especially commend to you Paul Schneider, Mary Schneider, Tommy Haga, Kathy Weber, and Dane Peterson celebrating baptismal birthdays. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you know that we often use the cares of this life as excuses for dissipation, drunkenness, and other distractions from you and your promises. Guard us from all temptations that would harm our faith and lead us to fear your coming. Preserve us by your grace that we might wait with joy to stand before the Son of Man in glory. Lord, in your mercy. In the midst of strife and conflict and wars and rumors of wars, remind us that you have given all authority in heaven and earth to your Son, 
our ascended Lord. We ask your protection for Jessica Franklin, John Franklin, Robert Haga, Yvonne Ingram, Mark Miley, and David Uttenreither in our congregation serving in the armed forces. Grant them faithfulness and peace in their work. We commend to you the Supreme Court of the United States in the deliberations on the constitutionality of abortions. Call to faithfulness the leaders of the earth. Bless those who govern that they may serve according to the rule of law and the standard of justice that you set forth. Thwart those who would hinder your reign among all peoples that peace may be established in all places. Lord, in your mercy. We give thanks to you, O Lord. You are the great physician of body and soul. We thank you for the healing mercies granted to your servants, Jeremy LaFour, who continues to recover from paralysis, and Gabby Hartwig for a reprieve from cancer, even as she continues to undergo therapeutic treatment. Continue your healing work and cause us to be mindful of every good and perfect gift that comes down from above and to give you all thanks and glory and praise. Lord, in your mercy. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, to our prayers, especially for Fern Warfell, sister-in-law of Carol Bender, who is in hospice care, Walter Eikenberry, grandson of the Verges, who has been diagnosed with PANS and is undergoing treatment, Lily Cipherline, who in a fall suffered the loss of one of her fingers and recuperates from surgery. Luther Gutnecht, uncle of Julie Golterman, hospitalized after a fall. Doug Palm, Tom Pinzel, John Bruss, recovering from surgery. Karen Leach, awaiting spinal compression fracture surgery, Brett Arnold, who remains hospitalized, Louise Bollmeyer in continued care, and all those in treatment for cancer, Walter, Nancy, Abu Ruyeba Amaso, Jim, James, and Josiah. Give healing, courage, and perseverance to all our brothers and sisters as they cry out to you that they may find comfort in your enduring word and the certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. God of all comfort, show the love of your Christ to all troubled consciences. Lift up their heads to see that their redemption is drawing near. Bless and comfort those who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the family of Jean Schumacher, aunt of Jim, and the family of Joyce Kanapka, and aunt of Melody Rubish as they mourn Jean's passing. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We continue with the singing of hymn 355. You may be seated.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world and calling sinners to repentance that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. 
Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.